Wall Street's having a Black Friday sale this year as well, but it looks like it's going to be on energy stocks. This is where the money is. Happy Thursday, everybody. I'm Tyler, uh, here with Taylor. Of course, when it's Thursday, we talk energy and materials, and it's a pretty good time to be talking about it because yeah, pretty exciting. over Thanksgiving, we had the big OPEC announcement that uh, they were going to maintain oil production, about $30 million barrel. 30 million barrels per day, right, yep. excuse me. So we've seen the price of oil absolutely plummet. We're looking at Brent crude right around 70, in the 70, $75 oh, range. I think a little less actually. Even less than yeah, 70, yeah. ooh. Yeah. And then West Texas Intermediate doing its, doing its same thing. And just about everybody in the, inter in the energy sector, deservedly or undeservedly, has That's been right. hammered. Yeah, you look at it across the board. Um, I didn't really see the news on Thursday. I came out of the woods in Big Bend National Park on Friday to see a lot of my portfolio in the red, unfortunately, because uh, covering energy, invest in what you know. Um, a lot of names, like you mentioned, undeservedly so. Uh, w one sector I realized that I don't think really uh, deserved the hit that they took on Friday was some of the rails up in Canada that carry a lot of this crude. Um, I don't own any in particular, but I might in a couple weeks if they maintain this low level uh, Canadian National Railway and Canadian Pacific in particular. Um, Crude by rail has been a big storyline over the last two years, but it hasn't really been a big driver of revenue for these companies. They do have uh, higher hopes in the future for it, but in 2013, you know, Canadian National Rail only derived 4% of its revenue from crude transports. Um, we were talking earlier, ag, coal, uh, heavy machinery, these are the things that are really driving car loads on the railways. Um, I think only 70,000 car loads for CNR um, over the 2013 calendar year versus 5 million total. So really not a big driver here. Um, Canadian Pacific, I think, is relying on a little bit more for future growth. I read an article today saying that they're looking maybe a third of their revenue growth out to 2018 would come from uh, crude shipments either on the terminal side or by actually carrying the oil. So maybe further down the line they might be hit, but I don't view this as a three-year slump in oil prices. So I think it's going to be coming back um, likely before this time next year at the very latest in my mind, because OPEC did say that they're only going to test this 30 million uh, barrels per day level for six months and then reconvene and see what they think. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with this. And, uh, you know, uh, this is one of the things, I, as a long-term investor, I think this is one of those opportunities where you can see an event that creates mass hysteria in the mm -hmm. market. I mean, we saw some independent oil producers drop by as much as 35, 40% oh in the past couple days. Oh my God, U.S. Silica, Carbo Ceramics, and High Crush Partners, the really, I mean, their whole revenue stream is dr tied to fracking. And that's one of the first places to go when you see lower oil prices, supposedly. Um, and so they like 25, 30% for these companies in a single day. Yeah, and it, uh, you know, it did just happen to happen on Thanksgiving. So a lot of us are like, you know, you know, gave us a whole day to think about it and exactly how it's going to work out. And obviously the market didn't like it. But I think as a long-term investor, this is really one of those opportunities where you can get involved in some really great companies that are now today selling at a discount. Uh, some of the things that have really been on my radar as of late have been the big oil companies, for yeah. example. You know, a lot of people are going to say, oh, they're going to get hit by these lower oil prices. Yes, of course, everybody's going to get hit by Everybody them. has, yeah. But if you look at somebody like Big Oil, ExxonMobil, how long have they been around? They've been around for 100 years. Mm -hmm. They've gone through these up and down cycles hundreds and hundreds of times. They've maintained their dividend. They've grown their dividend. They maintain a rock-solid balance sheet, and they have the ability to kind of hedge that mm -hmm. oil price 
uh, dip, you know, when you have your natural gas production on top of the entire vertical integration that you have within the company, right, yeah. refining, retail, everything. So it, it helps to kind of spread the pain around a little bit. So, and if you look at where these companies have gone, they're only down like eight to eight ten percent. <laughs> Uh, on the year, but at the same time, that, that does present that one buying opportunity for somebody that maybe have been looking mm -hmm. at one of these companies and is like, you know, this is just one of those really good times. And for me personally, I think actually one that isn't necessarily in the big oil space, but again, one of those rock solid companies that you know, is trading in a massive discount is yeah. National Oil El Varco. Uh, if you, same thing, rock solid balance sheet is in one of those positions within the, net, in the market where yeah, it's going to get hurt by a lack of drilling activity, a little bit of uh, oversupply of the rig market. But with their market dominant position and that aftermarket sales that they have where anything that's a consumable or replaceable, such as drill bits, they have to go through National Oil Well Varco. Right, yeah, it's, re yeah, it's yeah. really hard to, to really bet against them right now, especially with a company that's trading at 10 times earnings. It, it really looks like a good pickup. Yeah, and when you look at this, I think it's going to be an interesting test for the relatively new CEO. Pete Miller took a step back. Now he's the chairman of, of D now, the distribution business. Um, so he kind of maybe got in a little bit of a rockier time than maybe he thought because National Oil Velcro has done so well for so long. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he tries to keep the ship stable. Um, but, you know, that's one of the strongest companies in the business. More a little bit more niche focused than an Exxon, but you're playing offshore oil with them and that's the next generation of oil production as land just starts to dry up a little bit. Uh, and then we turn to ask a full question. A lot of people want to know about what's going on in energy and, and dividend payers and are they going to be able to keep those dividends or can they grow them? So we had a question about Canadian National or not sorry uh, Canadian National Resources and Suncor uh, from a student up in Canada. He wanted to know which do we believe in uh, in over the long term and which do you think can can withstand this downturn the best and maybe maintain or increase that dividend. What's your thought? Well. I am not the expert in Canada, as you may be. Uh, I don't spend as much time focusing on that, but what I have seen in studying uh, Suncor Energy, it's mm -hmm. one of uh, Warren Buffett's largest stocks, and has I've been looking at it for a long time. One of the things that makes them so attractive right now is despite the fact that they are one of those companies that's going to get hammered by oil prices, probably even more so than a lot of other people because of the Canadian, I guess, constricted market where it most of it is going to be shipping down into the United mm -hmm. States. But at the same time, uh, their per unit costs are extremely, extremely low in the oil sands business in comparison to a lot of other people yep. right now. And at the same time, they are able to do their upgrading in-house with a lot of their upgrading facilities as well as their own refineries. So they're they're not a completely integrated oil and gas company yeah. like an ExxonMobil or something like that, but they have the integration where they can sell their products at a, a higher premium than many of the other, than somebody like a Canadian Natural Resources, mm -hmm. uh, you know, which, and you know, obviously helps them in the long term. And the other thing that has been great for them as their ability to maintain is to generate cash uh, from continuing operations in excess of what they're actually doing capital mm -hmm. expenditure wise. It gives them a little bit more of a cushion when some of this, when as oil prices start to drop, you know, they'll be able to kind of weather the storm certainly a lot better than somebody like a Canadian Natural. Yeah, and you mentioned them selling their oil at a premium. They're, they've got the great infrastructure set up to get their oil to the coast. So they're selling at the Brent price rather than the WTI price or the, even the Canadian Select price, which have tended to be lower, even significantly lower in the Canadian Select price uh, perspective um, in the past. So 
that's one of their key advantages, even over U.S. Uh, integrated producers. Um, and talking about their dividend, I think you know Suncor is in a little bit better position. They're both relatively solid in, in maintaining that dividend. I think over the the short term, and because uh, you look at their their balance sheet is very strong, but Suncor is a little bit stronger. Current ratio well above one, whereas um, Canadian Naturals is around. 0.5. So that's a little bit in the, the, the initial liquidity uh, that I'm a little worried about. I don't like it under 0.75 for a dividend payer, but their, their total debt to equity isn't that bad. It's only around 50%, so I can live with that. Um, and right now they're paying a very similar yield, 2.5% for Suncor, 2.1% for Canadian Natural. So um, if I wanted to look at a dividend player potentially to increase it, um, I would go with Suncor as well, um, not only from the production side, but from the, from the balance sheet side. Even though Canadian Natural has increased it. its dividend 3% per year for the last five years more than Suncor, about 33% compound annually. Um, Suncor is, is the Canadian producer that I would want to tie myself to long term. Plus, Suncor has been actually about buying a lot of stock back in the past couple right. of years. Yeah. So, you know, if that is something where they're looking, either one, they could be buying uh, stock back at a discount right now, mm -hmm. or they could e even be using that in times of a little bit dire straits to put that back into the dividend. So, in terms of dividend safety, it looks like that one's certainly a little bit safer than uh, what's going on. Yeah, again. the stock buybacks are, are, are a very uh, positive thing for me if they're done properly. So if they're buying back on, on Friday or, or Monday, um, I would be a happy shareholder because that increases my earnings per share um, with the limited share count out there on the market. Definitely. So we want to thank you all for joining us today. Obviously, there's a lot of companies out there right now. Take a really good look at what's going on because we've had a huge market overreaction and sometimes you can really find those gems. Some of them we talked about today, but there's still a lot out there to check. We'll be looking for them and hopefully we'll discuss them next time. That's right. So for Taylor, I'm Tyler and we'll see you next time.